Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad... To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Live mic. Pittsburgh Steeler fans, it is time for another edition of the Live Mike. My name is Michael Beck, Deputy Editor of BehindTheSteelCurtain.com, hanging out with you today. We are in the full swing of the 2021 offseason. The league year hasn't even begun yet, but man, oh man, what a week it was for news, especially when it comes to the Pittsburgh Steelers, it comes to retirements, it comes to things that did or didn't happen. Whoa, this is shaping up to be an even bigger and crazier week than it was just a few days ago, and it's going to continue to ramp up like this until we get to the new league year and then it's going to ramp up again and again and again it's it's shaping up to be one of the most hectic what three month stretches in NFL history and a game won't even be played during that period so without further ado of course one of the biggest talking points this past week JJ Watt Houston Texans superstar getting released. I, I am recording this as of Monday night, so it is possible that uh, JJ might already have a team by the time you're listening to this, but of course, TJ, Derek Watt, already on the Pittsburgh Steelers. The connection is there. So obviously this past week after JJ got his official release, you knew Steeler fans were going to jump on this batting wagon. Uh, it is something that I've kind of been following uh, for about the past year since Derek Watt really came to the team as well. 
One of the things I've kind of noticed with this as well, J.J. Watt, obviously one of the uh, betting favorites to, to uh, for the team for him to land onto is the Pittsburgh Steelers because of that brotherly connection. Uh, the Steelers, of course, still winning the AFC North last year. Uh, it's a combination that I think is a, a strong one, and it makes it makes sense why the Steelers are the odds-on favorite to land the eldest Watt brother. One of the interesting things that I've picked up on, though, is the arguments for the other side. People thinking that JJ, like, there's no chance it's going to happen because the way I look at it, a lot of these arguments that are coming out, it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. One of the biggest ones is the fit of how JJ could fit in the Steelers' defense. And some people suggest that you'd have to move on from Stefan Tuart or Cam Hayward. I don't think that's the case at all. Jeffrey Benedict had a great film breakdown of this uh, a few days ago now, as of the time of recording this, that you could go check out on how J.J. Watt would fit. If uh, Lightning were to strike and he ended up in Pittsburgh, he could play on the edge. He fits really nicely in a lot of sub-packages. There's a lot of opportunities where you could have both TJ and JJ on the edge and Cam and Stefan in the middle, or you can do uh, load up the box with three interior defense linemen and then throw Alex Highsmith out there on the edge. Scheme-wise, the Steelers could really make this fit, and they could make it fit a whole lot better than other teams even could. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, that's another one of those rumored teams. They would kind of have to be relying on Dominican Sue being released for them to open up a spot for J.J. Watt. The Green Bay Packers on the other side, all of a sudden you'd be talking about making J.J. being strictly an interior defensive lineman, not really getting outside of that uh, that interior tackle box, whereas the Steelers could actually give him the opportunity to play a whole lot more than some of these other contending teams, which is, is one of those huge factors that I think he might take into consideration. Another one of these things is that keeps getting tossed around is the Steelers don't have cap space to make this move work. All of a sudden, the Pittsburgh Steelers are in a, in a spot where their salary cap situation really isn't that bad. I, I know it might sound crazy to you right now, but Vance McDonald retiring, Marquise Pouncey retiring, $5 million cap rollover from a, a season ago. All of a sudden, the Steelers are sitting in, in a pretty decent place when it comes to salary cap. And once Ben Roethlisberger's contract is either restructured he, or, say, he even retires, they're basically at cap compliance as it is. And that's assuming a $180 million uh, salary cap. One of the biggest news stories this past week as well that I don't think is getting enough traction is the NFL is kind of waiting to set that uh, 2021 salary cap for a couple major things. Most importantly, is the 17th game that, by all means, is going to uh, be played in this 2021 season. It's just a matter of time. I I believe it's already been negotiated in that uh, collective bargaining agreement. I I think that that's the plan for the NFL is to have a 17th game this upcoming season. On top of that, though, is the mega contracts for these TV stations to play these games that, of course, have to pay the NFL those big bucks to have the rights to these NFL these NFL games. All of a sudden, the, the, the NFL itself could be in a situation where if they get the 17th game confirmed and they can set these uh, future TV deals and really have those finances for the future locked up, they could be in a situation where the salary cap doesn't fall at all. And 
if that's what happens, all of a sudden the Steelers don't need to restructure or cut or extend anyone outside of Ben Roethlisberger. Even then, all of a sudden the Steelers have flexibility and they can make a ton of big moves. But say that even say even that doesn't happen. J.J. Watt, he isn't playing for money anymore. Because if he was playing for money, and if that's something he cared about, he would have just accepted a trade from the Texans to whatever team he wanted because he had that veto power in his deal anyway. J.J. Watt would have made his $17.5 million, and he would have made it wherever he really chose to go make that money. Him getting his release, all of a sudden his top-end dollar, I've heard some people kind of throw random numbers out there, but of course, the Arthur Moat show, he kind of broke it down saying he couldn't see him getting more than $10 million a year based on his age and uh, regression of older players and his injury history. That's less than half the money on a high end. And I don't think if JJ really cares about money, I don't think he's looking for a deal along those lines anyway. So financially, I think the Steelers could really make it work. And when you point at other free agents that the Steelers have, I think Bud Dupree and Juju Smith-Schuster are guys that will end up making a whole lot more money than J.J. Watt would be making anyway. Of course, I know this isn't a move that, as of the time of recording, hasn't happened yet, but just trying to debunk some of these rumors that it's not possible, because quite frankly, it is. And really, at this point, I'd be kind of surprised if it didn't happen. And really, it would have to come from some surprise offer or perhaps him going back to Green Bay in a fit that makes less sense to me than even the Steelers do when I try to take my obvious Steelers bias away from things it still makes the most sense for him to play with his brothers in Pittsburgh now with that being said the theme of this live mic podcast was to talk about the offensive line and defensive line in general of course J.J. Watt would drastically change things defensively for the Steelers but as a whole, the defensive line is what I'll talk about for the for the first half of this show, especially because of all these kind of weird kind of intricacies of this offseason and the guys they already have. I, I don't anticipate there being any cuts by all means along this defensive line. One of the tough pills to swallow, I think, is going to be losing someone like Chris Wormley, who the Steelers gave up a fifth-round pick for to the Baltimore Ravens that seemingly will go for waste yet again consecutive years fifth round picks just going straight in the garbage bin for a player that they didn't re-sign and didn't really get a whole lot out of which really is unfortunate when it comes to these NFL draft picks because we've seen fifth rounders in the past heck even Baltimore last year they flipped their own fifth rounder in getting Calais Campbell who instantly changed their defense so when the Steelers are are making moves like this in the future. I, I think they, they got to really kind of pick and choose the guys they're going after a little bit better. If they're going to be burning this draft capital, I think they got to do it a little more wisely. Um, that kind of leads us into uh, another big name along this defensive line that is extremely underrated, of course, Tyson Alualu. Now, Alualu really kind of took strides in getting more playing time after Javon Hargrave moved on to the Philadelphia Eagles this past year. Uh, Tyson was outstanding against the run. Uh, he had one of his best best years in Pittsburgh and really 
since he hasn't retired yet, I fully assume he's coming back for another season. One of those interesting trivia facts around Tyson Alou a season ago is he was the second oldest guy on this team. Ben Roethlisberger was the only guy older than him, which really kind of catches you off, off guard a little bit, but... That's kind of the fact of the matter with him. He he could be back. I think a lot of that would be contingent on the other moves, like we're talking about earlier. If a JJ Watts in the fold, how does Tyson Alu fit into the whole scheme of things? Maybe he just wants to come back because he would be a solid depth piece for one of the best defensive lines in football. So who knows when it comes to that? It would hurt to lose Tyson Alu, but there are moves to be made that could soften the blow with that. Looking along the rest of the defensive line, of course, Cam Hayward and Stefan Tuitt, they both had fairly solid years uh, in 2020. There are two of the prime candidates to get their uh, contracts restructured. Of course, Cam Hayward signed his uh, mega deal uh, just before week one of the regular season. Cam Hayward could be a guy that sees money get pushed down into the future. Again, it's going to be one of the things to follow as we move throughout this NFL offseason uh, until we know that salary cap number the Steelers are kind of have their hands tied really there's no moves they could really make because all of a sudden if the salary cap the, the NFL secures a, a whole lot of money an extra game all of a sudden the salary cap rises inexplicably and, and no one's prepared for it all of a sudden instead of thinking the cap might be 180 million dollars all of a sudden it's 210 and it takes a 16 million dollar jump from last year well then of course you don't want to push those older players monies any further down the road unless you're making a move for a big time player which i don't know if that's what is necessarily in the cards for the steelers this offseason uh it's all going to start with what that salary cap number is and what Ben Roethlisberger does with his contract. Of course, before we get to part two, Ben Roethlisberger is a name of note. We're still waiting on him to make a uh, move with his contract and the Pittsburgh Steelers. It was rumored that the week after the Super Bowl, the two sides were going to sit down and figure out either an extension or uh, cutting money off of Ben Roethlisberger's deal, however that may end up happening. But... The fact of the matter is, it didn't happen. The two sides didn't meet. Ben Roethlisberger was uh, uh, reported as saying he uh, he didn't feel right talking about it uh, after uh, learning of Marquise Pouncey's retirement, which is something we will touch on in the second half of the show. But Ben Roethlisberger right now, uh, still without that new deal, it's going to be another one of those massive, massive factors for the Steelers offseason. If Ben all of a sudden were to retire, does the team just roll with Rudolph and Haskins? Do they bring in a veteran on a one-year deal? Do all of a sudden they have to trade life and limb to try to move up in the first round and draft one of these quarterbacks, one of these high-rated quarterbacks? It's... It's going to be a heavy factor on how this team proceeds into the future is what Ben Roethlisberger does. And of course, something that's much further out of their hands is what the NFL is going to set the salary cap at. So with all that being said, we're going to jump into a quick commercial break before we break down the offensive line. Of course, there's retirements, uh, there's free agents. It, it's it's one of the more dire positions that uh, the Steelers are going to look at. Extremely, extremely deep and heavy at that spot. It's going to be uh, one of the most uh, most highly turnover position group for the Steelers in years. So we're going to get into that in just a minute. So hang tough, and we will be back in a second. 
we brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. We are back for the second part of the live mic. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. Uh, this, the first part, of course, we got a little bit into defensive line talk uh, and where that might stand once uh, or whether or not J.J. Watt is welcomed into the fold there. Um, obviously, that's uh, one of those fun moves that I, I guess you can always hope that your team could kind of pull off, but uh, we'll have to wait and see where that goes. But the most important thing kind of weighing on this uh Steelers offseason and really how they're going to make most of their moves is across the offensive line. The biggest names, of course, in that front, Marquise Pouncey. Obviously, he has officially retired from the NFL. Uh, 11 seasons, uh, nine of which were healthy, nine Pro Bowls. So every season he played more than eight snaps. He made a Pro Bowl. He's certainly going to be in consideration to be a Hall of Fame player. It's going to be one of those losses that is going to be very hard to fill. Now, as we move on into this podcast, we'll try to address some potential players, I suppose, that could come in and fill these roles. But for right now, let's just go through the whole offensive line because it's going to look a whole lot different. Of course, Matt Filer's a free agent. Uh, Don't know what's going to happen there. By all means, Alejandro Villanueva, who at first was rumored to retire, it seems like he's uh, more content to go into free agency and see what's available out there for him. Uh, From kind of NFL insiders, it seems like his time in the black and gold is officially over, so the Steelers will have a brand new starting left tackle come 2021. Uh, Of course, on the right tackle side of things, uh, Zach Banu started the year uh, with a one-year deal. Of course, he tore his ACL in week one. By all means, the way he's talking, uh, he will be back in the black and gold. Uh, It seems like a contract with him is just a matter of time before that has become official, but... As for now, the tackle positions on either side, it, it kind of looks like it's shaping up to be before the draft and before free agency. It looks like you'll have Ch- Chukwuma Korafor on the right side and Zach Banner on the left or vice versa. Uh, it, it's going to be kind of up in the air to see where that those two guys end up. I think it depends on what the Steelers do in the draft because I don't think they have the, the draft capital or the the financial means to bring in a big-time left tackle name or a big-time interior guy just because the price tags for right now, the money that they would have to uh, put out in year one, I just don't think is available to them. So when it comes to those two spots, it really comes down to where they draft a guy and whether or not that 
early round draft pick and come in right away and take over a starting spot. So outside of those two positions, you look at the uh, guards for this team. Of course, the left guard position was held down by Matt Filer from Osir. Now, Matt Filer... He seemed to struggle a lot compared to 2019 when he was arguably the Steelers' best offensive lineman. Uh, he took a, a sharp nosedive after playing outstandingly as a right tackle, bumping it back to uh, left guard to start the year. Matt Filer kind of caught the ire of Steeler fans, especially when it came to playoff time, when he was just inserted back into the lineup because, well, Matt Filer's the starter when Kevin Dotson was playing extremely well. I definitely foresee Matt Fowler potentially being someone that gets shown the door. Uh, again, one of those uh, tough financial moves, but Kevin Dotson has definitely earned an opportunity to be the guy at the left guard spot. And then, of course, the right guard spot. It really, right now, it looks like one of the only true veterans that are going to be able to come back uh, is one David DeCastro. Of course, he still has a fairly high price tag, but I highly doubt that Steelers move on from him. DeCastro very obviously played injured a year ago. I think he is due for a big bounce back year in 2021. He still received eight first-team All-Pro votes, which I know a lot of NFL fans were a little surprised at, that DeCastro got that much love around the league. But he still is that guy. He's extremely talented, and he's still going to be the Steelers' right guard for at least another season if he can get... Get his feet right back underneath him, potentially even more years into the future there at right guard. Now, of course, at center, Marquise Pouncey's retirement leaves a massive hole. And right now, the only guy on the roster that uh, could slot in that spot was J.C. Hassenhauer, uh, who was, in all honesty, kind of terrible. <laughs> I hate I hate to throw someone under the bus like that, but that's just the fact of the matter. J.C. Hassenhauer is not a starting center in this league. Uh, honestly, the way I look at it, perhaps a practice squad guy at best. So the Steelers are very obviously going to need to invest in that center spot. Here's where things get tough, though. When it comes to free agents, the guys that can really step in and be starters right away are way too expensive, like some extremely talented guys, some of the best centers in football, guys like David Andrews and the Patriots, just like when you look across the league, a lot of talented guys that are free agents at the center spot are are the guys that are going to are going to command big time money. So really, it's one of those kind of factors that have been getting thrown around a lot these days, is that if B.J. Finney, the former Pittsburgh Steeler, uh, who in 2020 signed with the Seattle Seahawks before getting dealt to the Cincinnati Bengals. If he gets released, uh, it definitely seems like he could be a cap casualty type guy. Uh, he would save the Bengals $3 million on the salary cap. If he were to be released, he could find himself back in Pittsburgh. Now, it is definitely possible for that to happen. Uh, it's one of those moves that it, it kind of feels telegraphed. That's exactly what the, both sides will want. The Steelers love themselves a reunion, and uh, it just seems like a really good fit for Finney to come back to Pittsburgh. So if the Steelers are able to swing that, then all of a sudden they could breathe a little bit in the draft because when you look at the NFL draft, there isn't a first-round center available. Landon Dickerson from Alabama He'd probably be that guy, but he's had two major knee surgeries. Uh, he's had every single one of his uh, collegiate seasons ended short because of injury. He's got the talent. He's got the size. And he's got that leadership 
kind of quality about him that I think the Steelers could definitely use after losing Pouncey, but they'd be taking a risk on someone that hasn't be, been able to stay healthy in the past. Now, if the Steelers are able to get Finney in the, in the lineup, kind of give Dickerson a year to try to just get it 100% healthy, perhaps they could be hitting a home run there. He has elite size, elite physical uh, traits. He's someone who could definitely be a starter in the NFL for a long time if he's able to stay healthy. Outside of him, you got Creed Humphrey, uh, which is one of the more interesting center prospects because he's left-handed. You don't see very many left-handed centers. Uh, The rotation on the snap is going to be different. Uh, It's just... It's one of those factors that kind of drop him down the draft board in all honesty because it's different and it's going to be different for every quarterback that takes a snap from him. And it's something that these guys are going to have to get used to. And perhaps all of a sudden you have to look at backup left-handed centers to replace him because if he he were to get hurt as a starter, all of a sudden they'd have to get used to a right-handed center all over again. You can see the dilemma there. So... That's that's one of those spots where Creed Humphrey, you could find a lot of value in him because he's left-handed, but you might have some other hurdles you have to figure out before you make a move like that. Now, at the other center spots, um, of course, you got the kid out of Ohio State. Uh, there is some options in the third round for sure, but once you cross out of those those two second-round uh, quality centers, you, you start to question whether or not they could play in year one if they were called upon so I'm not going to dive too far down that road but continuing along with potential uh, free agent fits uh, I suppose for the tackle spot now another name that's uh, deputy or co-editor excuse me of behind the steel curtain.com Dave Dave Schofield has talked about in an article on the website was one uh, Kelvin Beecham who uh was a longtime uh, starter at left tackle for the Steelers. Of course, an injury to him is what opened the door for Alejandro Villanueva to uh, take that starting spot all those years ago. Now, Kelvin Beecham is a free agent. He is not a big money guy these days by all means after stints with the Jets and the Cardinals. A uh, few other stops in between there. Uh, Beecham is going to be an affordable type guy. Uh, the Steelers wouldn't necessarily need him to start right away, but he could be a guy that could play that swing tackle spot or just offer some depth another one of those reunion type guys that it just makes too much sense uh it feels like Beecham and potentially BJ Finney are definitely going to be two free agents that the Steelers are going to take a hard look at bringing back into the fold outside of that that's a th- that tackle spot either side is going to be highly looked at when it comes to the draft and it's going it's going to be telling about who falls and who is available when the Steelers are called upon to pick. I don't foresee them trading up. Uh, they've just got a lot of holes to fill. They could potentially trade back if some of these guys are already off the board, but with teams like the Colts in front of them, of course, who had Anthony Costanzo uh, retire, a, a lot of teams in front of the Steelers are looking for their next left and right tackles. That could make things a little bit more challenging if guys like Tevin Coleman, uh, Jalen Mayfield, oh goodness, uh, Darisaw, Slater, you name it. Like, there's a lot of, there's a ton of first round potential tackles. They could all be gone. Uh, guys like uh, Alex Leatherwood or uh, Liam Eikenberg, or you get the point. If if those guys are there, 
they are more second round picks. Uh, the Steelers just do not reach on those players, uh, especially uh, in in recent years drafts. They're going to take uh, the best player available on their board. I don't see them. Uh, running to the podium for an offensive lineman that uh, slots in more so as a second day pick so potentially if those tackles are gone they might wait for day two to take a tackle and just go completely off the board and perhaps surprise us with uh, another inside linebacker pick or running back or who knows if someone if someone crazy were to fall down the draft board they could go they could even go quarterback or try to start filling some of these other needs that, of course, this team needs to fill as these years go on. But the offensive line as a whole, of course, a brand new philosophy in this running game. It's going to uh, it, it's going to look much different than a year ago with Randy Feigner at the helm and Sean Surrett as its offensive line coach. A Matt Canada type system uh, with Adrian Clem coaching that offensive line. I anticipate a little bit more aggressive aggressive type football out of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, it's going to be a unit that uh, is going to be younger and look a whole lot different than it did in 2020. Uh, will Ben Roethlisberger want to command that chip? I guess we still have to wait and see. Uh, announcement like that, I suppose, uh, could be coming uh, in in really any of these days now. So we'll see how that goes. We'll see how the offensive and defensive line shape up. Of course, Behind the Steel Curtain is going to be with you every step of the way as uh, these two units uh, fill up on talent and get ready for the 2021 season. So for all your breaking news, make sure you're clicking over to BehindTheSteelCurtain.com. Make sure you're following us on all the social media and checking out the entire family of podcasts. Uh, Great Steelers content coming to you each and every day. So thank you for tuning in to this edition of Live Mike. Once again, my name is Michael Beck. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next time. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai. Anatomy of an ad. Subconsciously trigger emotions through music. Perfect. Define an opportunity. Imagine talking to millions of people across the U.S. like I am now. Identify a problem. Creating an audio ad is time-consuming. Offer a solution. Utilize cutting-edge AI. Imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds. Well, we did. To create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.